Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. You know, it's not before the message. It's not during the message. It's after the message. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to After the Message. If uh, you're stumbling upon this podcast, this is the Celebration Church Orlando podcast, and this is a segment we like to refer to as After the Message. Uh, it's just simply a conversation about the previous Sunday sermon, yep. and we hope that uh, it encourages you to do the same thing in your community today. I am joined by our lead pastor, Pastor Megan Pittman. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Long overdue. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm glad to be here. It's, you know, it's always out of my comfort zone, but uh, you make it easy. You make it fun. <laughs> and so um, I'm here stepping out and doing things in boldness. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, I think first, before we kind of get going into it you were you before we came on live air I guess you could say you were kind of talking about your your group that you have and like how you've seen you know the great things going on with your group and you know we're we're building kind of a sisterhood ministry here in Celebration Orlando and just the community that you've seen can you kind of touch on like how important that is for us to to be involved in community yeah I think it's really important to be involved in community I know a lot of people feel alone and Mm -hmm. isolated and on their own island. If you're not like a hundred person church, uh, it can feel like much more intimate with a hundred people versus Mm -hmm. more than a hundred people. And so when you get involved in a group, it makes the church less smaller. Um, It allows you to find people that you have commonality with, Mm -hmm. but also sometimes you share the same pain and sometimes you are wanting to go in a direction um, of following God's ways and you're both on those, that same journey. And so I'm just thankful for the women who have joined together to do that and seeing their lives being changed, seeing them uh, sacrifice their time for Jesus, because that's so important, too. Mm. As women, we have so many things that we juggle on our plates as far as wives and mothers and just daughters and sons and um, not sons, (laughs) but daughters. And there's so much that you juggle and you never take time out for yourself because it's always a do do. Mm -hmm. If you don't do a lot as a woman, it's like, oh, you're a lazy person Mm -hmm. or you're not uh, motivated and those type of things. But God just call us to rest and to slow down. And I'm thankful for uh, women who take the time to slow down to uh, prioritize Jesus with other sisters. Yeah, I think the great thing about groups is it's a place too where you can you can be involved uh without necessarily having it's it's let me let me put it this way it breaks down barriers for the church right so maybe you're haven't been to church in a really long time and you're uncomfortable about stepping through the doors of a church on a sunday yeah i think groups are a cool place to just to be able to learn like oh these are just normal people like me who experience the same things that i experience Mm -hmm. And we're just talking about it, and but the the common the common denominator is we're actually inviting God into the mix as well. You know what I mean? Yes, and that's what I've been finding also in our groups is that 
uh, ladies are inviting their coworkers. They're even inviting people to come online who have never been mm. a part of Celebration Church. So that is, that's exciting yeah. when they can say, hey, you need to be a part of this. Like, this is just a thing where we can hang out. We can learn about Jesus. And it's a low atmosphere. Yeah. You don't have to. You can participate as little as you want or you can participate as much as you want to. But even when you're there, you'll feel like it's a place of safety. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, one of the things that we often, you know, say at Celebration Church is the church just isn't the four walls. You yeah. know, it's something outside of it. And kind of leading into that, something that's really exciting that's happening in November's unique November. November yes. is upon us, which is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. First week in November. It's awesome, though. You know, we get a little seasons change. Uh for, for what it's worth in, in Orlando, not too much, but we'll take what we can yeah. get, right? <laughs> but as a church, we got some opportunities to do some really cool things. Yeah. Um, starting on November 14th, we've got our evening service at Orlando Museum of Art yeah. that we're really excited about. And, you know, it's, it's an opportunity maybe for some people who watch online because they work on Sunday mornings for yeah. them to come out and, and like worship, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know if you've interacted with people like that, but I know there's a couple of people I know specifically I'm thinking of right now, like, man, it's a great opportunity for them to get out and worship on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have people who are in the medical field who mm -hmm. work those crazy shifts. You have people in the service industry who don't get a chance to come to church on a Sunday. And yeah. What I've been hearing for, from people who have been watching online is that when they show up in person, oh my gosh, it's so much more better. God reaches me online, but man, being in the presence of the Lord yeah. in his house with his people has been so amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, outside of that as well, we also have on the 21st, our Serve Sunday, where we're partnering yes. with U.S. Hunger to to pack over 15,000 meals that's going to be distributed to our community. I mean, that's that's just something that I'm really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And then on the 28th, we have Church at Home for our entire church, which is a great opportunity uh, to, to kind of take a step back and, and just spend time with family, but at yeah. the same time gather simultaneously with people across uh, wherever you may be. If you're traveling, you can you know watch it with your family. I, I know for me, Church at Home has been a nice um, breath of fresh air in some yeah. of these seasons where it's like, okay, I'm still worshiping. I know people around my church are worshiping with me, even though they may not be in the same room, yeah. but I'm also next to the people that I love and, and, and get a little time away from that. You know what I mean? Yes. Brunch in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> um, we're, we're in a, a series right now that has been, to say the least impactful. Yeah. And, and I think it's been, uh, and we'll, we'll look back on this as like, that was a bookmark in our church. That was a For milestone sure. in our church. At least that's what we're believing for. And I, and I think it's, I think it's going to ring true, but, um, you know, we're in this series called signs and we're, and we're talking about, we're going through the gospel of John. And along with that is, is, is a key component uh, of the journal that we've had. I don't know, like, um, if you out there have been able to, to download the journal or to be involved in the journal, but uh, it's been huge and, and it's mm -hmm. revealed a lot of things to me. You know, I feel like when you write it out, yeah, when you have to think about what you're actually <laughs> saying in your mind and yeah. you put it on paper, it's like, it makes a lot more sense. You, yes. And I think you have to think about it right. more. Like what you're comprehending has to then, uh, transfer onto a paper. Mm -hmm. And so then it makes you think about that, but then other things as you're doing it I feel like God continues to reveal himself through mm -hmm. that 
And then it's something that you can go back and look on. Yes. I think that is what this journal is all about, is not to just shut the, the book after this is all said and done. It's to reflect back on that. So it's a reminder mm. of the things that God has spoken to us and an encouragement for where uh, we may need it in the future. Absolutely. I know Denira is a journaler. Your daughter, yes. Denira. Did, <laughs> did she pick that from either one of the, the Pittmans, or is that kind of her own deal? That is her own deal. Okay. Like uh, The Pittmans don't like the journal. <laughs> <laughs> Keith likes to do stuff in like bulk where he reflects on things from time. Mm. Um, I w I'm a starter and stopper. Mm. So, you know, I start things and then stop them. Yeah. I'll have them in my head. What I did love about she got me a uh, like a journal it's like a gratitude journal yeah what i loved about that is it only has three lines okay. so you had to write three things and when i look back on what jesus had done mm. i was like why am i not doing this more i can mm. even do it in that aspect mm. um but with this journal i have been seeing so much of what god has been revealing to me mm. but definitely Denira, she writes those things out and she goes back to it yeah and even brings it up to our family where it's an encouragement for us as well that's that's cool that, that's probably uh, refreshing at times you know and, and speaking of that like you mentioned being able to look back and, and see like what are some things throughout this series you know whether it be the journal or Sunday experience but maybe some highlights that that maybe God's even spoken to you or some conversations that you may have throughout the sign series that that have been impactful for you uh the no excuses for sure mm. um I think because um, oftentimes I can make excuses for the things that I'm doing, but mm. I am also held accountable to his word and following his word. And sometimes like when you're going through certain things, you can say, oh, I'm not doing this because of this situation. Oh, I'll do this later. But at the same time, it's like, no, God is not second. He's first in your life. And if you put him first in all those things that you're going through, you're able to get through it a little bit more easier when you have that hope. Your faith is being stretched more. Your faith is being strengthened. Mm. Um, all of those things that go with that. Um, I think with the journal, it's allowing me to personally see where um, God is giving me my own personal revelation instead of receiving my revelation from other people, which could be my husband, which could be from a podcast, which could be from uh, a message, my own personal revelation that God is giving me and given me. And so that's what I'm learning throughout this whole uh, journey is that, man, if we can follow the ways of Christ, our life could be so much better and we can be whole from the inside out. So when we're leading out, we're leading out from a place of wholeness mm. and not from a place of brokenness. Yeah. And so that's what I'm learning throughout this season. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also learning that, hey, to to be in silence. I don't always have to have worship um, before I come into the presence of God. Sometimes sitting in silence and allowing the Lord to speak to me um, allows him to show me areas that I can get better in. And I, that has been, I think what I love about this season is those areas where you as a as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, can get better. Mm -hmm. um, showing up for church, hey, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Reading your word, hey, that's cool. But truly following and being an imager of Christ, he wants us to be that first, mm -hmm. you know, before we receive all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, start imaging him first. Mm -hmm. And um, as you're walking that out, because, you know, you don't change overnight as you're walking that out, 
you'll be transformed through his word. You'll be transformed by when you're in worship, you'll be transformed as you're walking it out. And so sitting in silence is so key that I'm realizing for myself that I need more of because I feel like he speaks to me more in silence. Yeah, that's good. And, and I think even it's hard in our society today because there's so there are so many ways that we can be distracted mm-hmm. intentionally or unintentionally, right? Yeah. Like we have so many different avenues that we could walk down that could be easier voices to listen to or more more catering to what we want to hear, right? Yeah. And, and so I think I think uh, it's a it's a true discipline. I think it always has been a true discipline to, to be in silence. But uh, even now, so more than ever, I think it's it's difficult. And, and it kind of actually leads into the beginning of Pastor Keith's message where he 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 referenced Jesus getting away mm-hmm. into silence. Right. Yeah. And, and he referenced telling his disciples, hey, why don't you go on ahead? Because he had just learned about his cousin, John the Baptist, his death. Mm-hmm. A- and he had just, you know, finished a, a, a miracle. So and a lot of teaching in that moment to thousands of people. So I think if Jesus can <laughs> take a few moments to get away, to be yeah. with God in silence, don't you think it's probably a good idea for us to do the same thing Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, in this season, this is what I have learned. There's mm-hmm. so many distractions. I'm talking about, like, personally for me, I've had death. I've had, uh, you have a child who's in football. That takes on its own. He's about to go to college. Mm-hmm. You have uh, managing your family. You're trying to get your own d- downtime. Mm-hmm. We're um, overseeing two churches at this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when is the time to get in silence when do you create that space and you have to be intentional about doing that if you don't do it it doesn't happen yeah i think that's the important word is you have to create it right you have to be intentional mm-hmm. with it because waiting for the opportunity to come it's never going to come yeah so you have to you have to set aside the time and and i think you know having the tangible journal too is another it's it's another like indicator it's another reminder like you know what i actually need to set this time yeah. aside and so uh one and, and speak going back to jesus something that was interesting that i hadn't really thought about before was uh the importance of him telling his disciples to go ahead and and, and keep going right to mm-hmm. move forward as a leader when you're faced with difficulty, how do you continue to have the people that you're leading move forward without it affecting them, right? Because it's, it's got to be difficult to go through a death in the family mm-hmm. while at the same time feel the responsibility of we still got a church to pastor mm-hmm. and we still got people that, that are looking to us. Like, how do you... S- send the proverbial disciples forward knowing that you need time away. Does that make sense? Yeah. um, You have to first lead by example. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're leading by example, it, it means that as shepherds, we we are responsible for leading the flock. Uh, No matter what you you're, that's your responsibility that God has placed on you. So even in those moments, the cares, the fears, all the things that you experience, you have to cast that to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself around people that can help pray with you and help lift up your arms, keeping God first and through it all and, and submitting those things that you you feel like can be in burden. But at the same time, pouring into others, I think sometimes I, I won't say sometimes 
when you're leading others and you're pushing them into what God has for them, mm-hmm. I feel like it it strengthens you mm. as a person um, when you're walking through it and you're saying, oh, my gosh, like I see the fruits of what God is doing in our lives. And even in the midst of it all, this life is not our own. Mm. Our, our life is to serve others. Mm. You know, so whatever I'm going through, I know I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is going to strengthen me to walk me through it. Yeah. So if he's going to strengthen me to walk me through it, he's going to give me the strength to, to lead others in the right directions that they need to go. Yeah. You mentioned fear, something that, that we're needing to, to cast on the Lord. And, and, um, this past Sunday, that was the message. No fear, right? We, we should have no, I'm thinking about those old bumper stickers that used to say that. I have no idea what they were. I just remember as a kid, (laughs) it just said no fear. I don't remember what it was, um, and, and Pastor Keith mentioned that there's over 500 verses in Scripture that refer to uh, to fear and, and refer to how we should uh, respond to fear, right, mm-hmm. in, in a godly way. Is there any, are there any verses, maybe there's one verse, a couple verses that you've kind of cling to in moments like that or any any scripture that that has encouraged you when when you're facing moments of fear absolutely um i we had a song like <laughs> i'm not gonna sing it we had come <laughs> we on had, we had a song and um uh I, when i went to an african-american church mm-hmm. all about african-american church and it was god has not given us a spirit of fear God has not given us a spirit of fear. And then it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. And you just repeated it over and over again. And I felt like, man, he hasn't given us that, that, that spirit. Mm. However, we do carry it sometimes. And so what do we do with that when we're carrying it? We're not meant to carry it. We're supposed to cast it Mm. at his feet. He can hold all of that and transform um, the fear into peace. Mm. And so when we allow him to um, handle that or shoulder the load for that, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're able to get that spirit of peace that we desire in our hearts. But that was one of the scriptures that um, encouraged me. I think there was another scripture that I had. um, um, I can't remember it. That's okay. Um, But I did learn like, Fear will try to grip me personally in my mm. personal life with like even a, a fear of speaking. Mm. Like I don't like the microphone in my face. I don't <laughs> like being in front of a hundred people, but get me in a room mm-hmm. with just people. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so because he's calling me to do more, I have to walk it out. Mm. Like it doesn't mean that when he delivers you from fear that that those type of fears won't come back up. I have to arrest those fears and change my mentality on, no, I, I don't receive that today. Mm. I'm going to allow the scriptures to speak and dictate the power of God that is in me. Um, and greater is he, he greater is he um, that's in me than he that's in the world. Yeah. And I have to take on those scriptures and take those thoughts captive and continue to walk that out. Because even someone who's been um, healed from addiction, like, 
yeah, you're healed, but that doesn't mean that those temptations are not going to come back after time. It'll try to come back, but you have a responsibility to A, get accountable to your group, yep. B, make sure you're not um, in that environment, or if you see an environment is like that, out like that, then you walk yourself out of that environment. That environment is not for you. So even for myself, when I have the fear of not doing this, I'm like, God wouldn't call me to do something if he wasn't going to walk me through it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's such a... It's such a valid point and, and something that we don't talk about enough is, you know, the perseverance to, to continue to walk these things out, mm -hmm. right? To continue to, yeah, you may have the victory, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be more battles, right? Yeah. So I, I think that that is something that is missing because a lot of times we hear the, the high faith sermon yeah. <laughs> but we romanticize it to be like oh well it's it's one and done you yeah. know and, I, and that's just not life yeah and, and and we know that but for for whatever reason it doesn't compute sometimes right yeah and, and so like you said we have to continue uh to walk that out um i i thought an incredible uh an incredible quote was that fear is processing scenarios without god as the variable yes and that's exactly what it is when you when you think at the root of fear. It's just it's a neglect of God's presence in your life. Mm -hmm. when, whenever you do face face those fears that are reoccurring, like. Do you often realize it off the bat or does it take time for you to realize like, oh, my goodness, I've been fearful this whole time. And or how do you realize it? Are there people that speak to you? Are there are there moments where God speaks to you like how do we know? Because <laughs> sometimes we don't even realize that we're yeah. being that we're living in fear. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, our our reactions to it, like mm. our actions and our behavior. So a lot of times when fear comes over us, we either shrink back, we either respond sharply <laughs> and quick, <laughs> which I can do. Like when I feel overwhelmed with like doing something, I can. Uh, I can be a little sharp and my family knows like, oh my gosh, then she's probably nervous. Um, for me, I realize it right away. I know for other people, they not may not realize it until after time. Um, and they're looking back on the patterns and God shows them that. But for me, I realize it right away. Mm. Uh, I become overwhelmed with like um, nervousness, anxiety, like, right away and mm -hmm. so my family pretty much knows that okay if she's tense on this moment i'm going to a talk to her about it and then as i talk it out then i'm able to like reconcile it mm -hmm. and other times when i'm by myself i literally have to recruit like quote scriptures over and over again this is not the reality of what it is i have to tell myself that i'm assuming either the worst mm -hmm. um and if it's if I mess up, it's OK. Like, I think in fear, a lot of times we think we have to be perfect mm. in walking things out. We're not perfect. Mm. And so, OK, speak, I'm going to talk about speaking because speaking is like my one of my greatest fears. It's top is number one on the list. Um, but when it comes to speaking, I'm like, I'm not good as anybody else. I'm not that they, they look they make it look easy. They make it look easy and when I talk to people, they're saying, oh, no, I, ha I was nervous when I went up there. Oh, you didn't see how I was struggling with this message before this. And I think we can assume based right. on what we see in front of us um, that it is reality. 
you know, like uh, it's perfect. It's going well, but they're walking it out. Mm -hmm. And when they're walking it out, Jesus strengthened them. And that is the part that you see. You don't see the nervousness. You don't see the other things. You see how God has strengthened them because they walked it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it's a perception, right? Sometimes we view perception as reality Mm -hmm. when, in reality, it's not. And and so I think, you know, just kind of circling back to it, just remembering, remembering the fact that, that God is with you, God, mm-hmm. God is with us, that's difficult. And, and so I think the more that we can exercise our minds and, and like you said, reminding mm-hmm. that God is with us, mm-hmm. the more we can mitigate fear in our lives. Yeah. And, and so I, I definitely commend you for continuing to to be honest about that and to, to walk in it. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, that's difficult to do. Like none of us want to face our fears. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, it's, it's not an easy task, but I have a good support group. Like my family, my husband definitely shows me that God, God has a gift on your life. And even when I beat myself up down about those things, I don't even remember or I don't even focus on that person that Mm -hmm. that message helped. Mm -hmm. I don't focus on how they were encouraged, how that message was for them. That message that God gave me to deliver Mm -hmm. was for them. And I don't remember that. All I think about is how I felt, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I have to change my perspective um, on that if I want to continue to walk it out. If I continue to rehearse those negative things that the enemy continues to put in my ear that I'm going to continue to repeat the cycle. Yeah. The first point from uh, Sunday was that Jesus sees you. And, you know, it's it's easy to kind of look back on the scripture and see, well, yeah, obviously, you know, he was yeah. there in person. Uh, at this moment in time, we don't have that luxury. One day we will. He yeah. will be with us in person. But how, do, how, how would you tell somebody that maybe has no frame of reference and is searching for what it what that actually means. Like, how would you explain that to someone? Like, Jesus sees me. I can't see him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And a lot of times, I feel like we can act like a toddler. Well, if he if I can't see them, he can't see me, right? Yeah. But we have to we have to have that understanding that he is all seeing. He's all knowing. Mm-hmm. H- how would you explain that to someone who's struggling with that? Well, faith is the substance of the evidence of things that are not seen. Mm-hmm. So. For a person who, if you believe in Jesus, you're not always going to see him, but he sees you. He hears you. He's working things out on your behalf, even when you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when we um, are trying to tell someone that, they're not always going to get it. Mm-hmm. So our responsibility is to point them into the text so that they can learn how to discern Jesus for themselves. As much as we want to say over the stage (laughs) to encourage people until it's their reality or the thing that Jesus like it resonates with them. It's just going to be a thing that they hear. Mm. We have to train them to be able to get into the word for like walk alongside them. I I would never want to throw someone and say, hey, just read your Bible. (laughs) Come on. That is (laughs) that is a recipe for disaster for the new believer. Okay, Um, but we want to walk alongside them through the word and give them the resources so that they're able to hear it for themselves. So even if you don't see it right now. If you, as you train yourself and you start to hear from the Lord and you pray, because prayer is the relationship that you have with God, 
you're going to know that he sees you by how he um, works out your situations. You're going to know how uh, he sees you by him giving you peace or working those things out for the good. Mm -hmm. You'll know that um, as you continue to hear from him. Mm -hmm. So I would tell someone you may not feel him right now. As believers, we don't always feel him all the time, but just know that God is always working on your behalf. He died on the Christ the cross because he loves you that much Mm. he sees you yeah he sees you for sure and then you can even give them scriptures um where uh in john where god saw peter Mm -hmm. off in the distance Mm -hmm. where he saw the disciples struggling Mm -hmm. you know in the boat you can point them to those things because i think examples are going to help them yeah and your own personal personal testimonies can also help as well yeah absolutely the uh the the tough part again is um just the the perseverance to to continue yeah. to walk it out even even when you don't, you don't see, see it. it yeah are there any like moments in your life where or seasons even in your life or or long periods of time in your life where maybe you felt like that but for whatever reason you had the knowledge that God was going to get you through it or um are there any are there any tips maybe that you would share with someone who's like, that's me. I'm in that right now where I don't believe that God sees me. Like what are some things, um, you know, you mentioned scriptures or anything else that, that you kind of had had to walk through in order to get on the other side of it. Um, yeah, I, I've shared this with the church before, but it is such a pivotal part of my life where I feel like it, it changed the trajectory of my life Mm -hmm. And how I viewed my faith. So when I was under a boss, and of course it was in ministry, (laughs) the worst kind, um, she was very mean. And, And when I was walking through it, I didn't understand how a person who was called by God, who clearly had favor on their life, how they could treat me in that way. And even when I complained and said, hey, I think this person is treating me unfairly, because that person has so much favor and woo and all that kind of stuff. And I was a new person. It was like, Oh man, but I don't know. We haven't built that trust up yet. Okay. And for me, I was like, nobody sees me. Nobody sees me struggling through this situation. I'm here. God praising you every day, giving a hundred for 10%. I'm working all kinds of awkward hours and she's calling and harassing me and no one sees it, Hmm. you know? And So for me, what I did was I sought help. So I went over to a pastor's office who I knew and trusted, and I knew she wasn't going to be biased to anything. I knew she was going to point me to Jesus. And she literally gave me some worship songs to listen to and gave me a scripture to pray over my boss every single day. Mm -hmm. And so when I prayed over my boss every single day, even though I didn't want to, I would get to my desk in the morning, I'd be like, I do not want to do this. This person doesn't deserve these prayers. These prayers are like a blessing and all this stuff. And, um, and so I begin to pray that every day. And though that didn't change her heart, I found out that it changed my heart. And I was like, no, no God, this is, this, (laughs) this is the reverse way. Why is it changing me? And so I started to see her as a daughter of Christ that was broken. And so 
no matter what she did to me, I still continued to love her like Jesus would love her. I still continued to respect her, even though I could have talked back. I still continued to do what she asked me to do, even if it was crazy. And it was like, man, this is not ethical, mm. <laughs> you know, and lo and behold, God removed that situation out of removed her away from the church and and god said this is why i tell you i fight you i fight your battles mm -hmm. you don't have to fight your battles on your own but if you do what i'm calling you to do which is to love people no matter he said pray for those who despitefully use you yep. you know and that's what i did with no malice in my heart i had some reserve but after a while that reserve because i continued to walk it out changed into god changing me mm -hmm. And having a filter, my eyes filter through the eyes of Jesus, seeing her as a daughter, mm -hmm. as a child of God. And that was different for me. And now that's why I, even when people do the craziest stuff, I try to still love them hard as I can. Mm -hmm. Because I know that if I don't, what can take place in my heart is bitterness and unforgiveness. And that is not of the Lord. And that filters into every aspect of your life, whether you know it or not. Yeah, I've heard unforgiveness. Um Put like this, it, unforgiveness is almost like swallowing poison and hoping the other person dies from it. You know, yeah, what I mean? it's all, yeah. <laughs> all, all it's doing is it, hurting you, it's corrupting you. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a common theme throughout this conversation, and uh, you know, beautifully summed up that that from the the previous sermon was um, nothing's wasted, right? Yeah. And, and Jesus asked the disciples to, to, to pick up the leftovers and carry it with them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Pastor Keith beautifully kind of uh, painted this picture of the leftovers from the previous miracle were already in the boat. Yeah. And yet the storm that, that was brought upon uh, the disciples scared them and right behind them is evidence of a miracle that God got them through the previous yeah rough patch right mm -hmm. so a it's encouraging because it's like okay if the disciples <laughs> struggled <laughs> I'm not doing so bad right? yeah <laughs> but b again it's just another reminder just like we talked about at the beginning with the journaling we talked also about the the importance of community being around yeah. us to remind us of those things the importance of being able to have some, you know, someone that you look up to and you trust, like that pastor that you mentioned that you went into their office and knew that's another thing, too. You knew that they were going to point you in a in a godly direction. Yes. Because a lot of times we can go to people and we want regurgitated what yes. we want to hear. Right. Yeah. Or, or we want them to, to, to validate to, where we are. Exactly. Yes. So to be able to go to somebody, no, this may not be what I want to hear, but it's mm -hmm. what I need to hear. Yeah. So I, I just think that it, it, it's so key and it's been popping up that that reminders of God's goodness. And it's even been one of the, the themes throughout the series as Pastor Keith's been saying, if he did it for them, he can and will do it. For yes. Me. He said he would never leave us or forsake us. Yeah. And that's in every single situation. And like you said, I when I look back at that, it's a reminder. When I look back at the season of the past two years, it's a reminder of God's faithfulness that even when we stick through it, even if we have to walk through it, a lot of times we want to walk over it. Mm. Um, but God wants us to walk through it mm. and walk over it like Jesus did. Jesus walked over those those the, the chaos and all that stuff, yeah. calm the seas. We have to walk through it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's not easy, but it's how we walk through it is how we're going to get on the other side. Absolutely. What are some, you know, if any, I guess what I'm asking is how do we prevent 
other people's fears from becoming ours, right? Because I, I often, and this is a, a difficult tension to manage, caring for people, right? Uh, wanting to, to be there for people, but but not caring what they're carrying. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And, yeah. And that's really tricky because, you know, the Bible speaks about, like, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't carry your fear for you, right? Yeah. Like, only God can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we mitigate the chances or avoid altogether their fears becoming ours, I guess is what I'm asking. I think um, even for me, uh, empathy is like my number one is one of my strength finders. So I am very empathetic. I can cry on a dime. (laughs) I can do all those things. I end up taking on people's burdens. So I would be the one (laughs) that you're talking about. So a lot of times I have to get alone with God and pray about it and release it to him because otherwise I end up carrying it and I might carry it for one or two days and then realize Oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. I feel very, very heavy about this. And what is the problem? The problem is I did not give it to God. Mm -hmm. I'm holding it like I can fix it. Mm -hmm. I can't fix it. There's only one that can fix this issue or he may not fix it and they have to just walk through it and I have to trust and know. And I think a key component to that is trusting and believing that God loves them more than you do and that as he takes care of the birds and the bees and people, that he's going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. I have to trust in, in in that process. And I think that's where we get it mixed up is that lack of trust or that lack of faith that God can fix it, yeah. you know, or that he's going to walk them out. We want to fix it. And that is not our job. Mm-hmm. Our job is to pray. Our job is to help uplift, but our job is not to carry. It's to lay it at his feet. He died on the cross for all of that. Yeah. So when we, begin to release that then we can walk in a freedom and knowing god i i know i can't fix it but you can yeah. that's where the trust is yeah. i think we lack trust and uh, we have to strengthen our faith and that faith can only be strengthened by praying and reading his word yeah that's good what is one maybe two thanksgiving traditions in the <laughs> pit and household what do you guys like to do it's coming up soon it's one of my favorites oh god and i love hearing about other people what other people like to do on thanksgiving it's always it's always fun for me so. um we always do a turkey yeah. uh one year though we did le- we left all the insides in oh. which was a <laughs> okay. all right. which is a, a bad thing <laughs> okay you're supposed to remove it out. It was inside of a bag. And it's like, no, that's not supposed to go in there. Oh, but we do a traditional turkey. But now that Keith has, like, the Traeger, mm-hmm. this is going to be the second year, year number two, that we are smoking a turkey okay. on a Traeger. And we're going to do a even bigger one this year because his mom and dad are coming down. His really? aunt and then my cousins are coming down. So we're going to have a house full of people. And then Keith Jr. and all of them are coming. So it's going to be something big. So that is something that we do. Um, we always have to have in a Jamaican household. This mm. is for my parents, okay. but I won't be doing this, but I would love to do it. We used to do carrot juice and carrot juice has like, uh, I mean, this drink is like the bomb because it has like soda in it. It has all this stuff. Really? They have nutmeg and all this. And it's a real cool drink. Mm. Um, not like alcoholic drink or mm-hmm. anything like that, but it is so good. It's called carrot juice. You make it from literally scratch. <laughs> so um, 
I love that. But one of the things that we do make sure that we have for Thanksgiving is stuffing. We mm-hmm. love stuffing. Mm-hmm. We love mashed potatoes. And Denira loves to bake. So she okay. is right now about to experiment with several different desserts to make sure it's on point for everybody else to get in. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Working ahead. Yes. <laughs> She's like, she doesn't want to experiment on the day of and people right. talk about her dish. That's wisdom. <laughs> That's wisdom. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for coming on. No this was problem. awesome. Really appreciate it. No, and thank uh, you. I can't believe that we're almost done with the sign series. We got next week and then the week after is Lazarus. Ew. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. But uh, make sure you guys stay tuned uh, and we'll be back next week to talk about the next sign in our series. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at celebrationORL.org.